Hello, and uh, welcome to today's session. Today, we're going to be talking to Brenda. She has over 25 years in the ESL industry. She began her career in school and moved in on to teaching with learning centers and privately as well. Uh, currently, she's authored several books. She has experienced teaching children all the way to uh, the elderly. Uh, she's taught preschool, elementary, middle school, high school, and for the past seven years, she's also been remotely training and coaching professionals. So without further ado, hello, Brenda. Hello, David. How are you? I'm well, I'm well. How are you? Good. Let's start out. How did you get your start here? How did you get your start with teaching ESL or you know, well, just online? Well, first of all, my start teaching was an accidental career. I it wasn't like something I grew up and said I wanted to be a teacher. I was going to be a business owner. So I went to school for business. Then, uh, lo and behold, I moved to Lebanon because I wanted to raise a child trilingual like the father. Because I was like, oh, it would be so great if he could speak three languages. Well, of course, my career went, I'm like, wait, when I got there, what am I going to do now? I can't stay at home. I've been working since I was 14. So I immediately um, applied for a school, actually my sister-in-law and I, and when we went in, it was really funny. They called back for me, not her, but we had the same last name. So when they called back and they're like, Brenda, and she's like, oh no, no, here, here's the phone. Uh, so I gained most of my hands-on experience and the best experience in the real classroom because it's so different than what we've ever done online because a real classroom will give you training in groups, uh, how to work together, how kids learn together. And the school offered a lot of technology and training. So once I moved, I started working remotely and online. Um, when I moved to the third country, I didn't, cause I couldn't go outside. I don't speak Bulgarian. I can't go get a job that way. So again, I fell back on my language and this time I transformed it into being online. It's actually, I think it's over seven now. I, it's probably almost 10 but seven, like with the major companies and stuff, but on my own. So yeah, online's been fun. And then you go from audio class, video class, older students. I, I believed in contracting means you don't just contract with one people, one person, you just independent contract with as many as you can. And then when I realized countries were falling, I decided to also get contracts with multiple countries. That way, if one economy is down, the other one wasn't. So I wasn't really hit that hard when China fell because I'd already learned from Korea. Take as many countries as you can. <laughs> totally makes sense. Yeah. You want to be able to get into them when you can, while you can, because you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, then, what would you what would you say are your main teaching specialties then? My teaching specialties are actually I um is language acquisition. Uh, because I've started technology in the classroom, language acquisition, reading, writing, and my niche is uh, reading and writing in the stories. I've actually gone from writing curriculum in the classrooms to going, okay, that's the foundation. I'm getting bored. Everybody's doing that. Let's do something that nobody's seen yet. Let's bring books like nobody's ever seen them before. Let's make it so that the kids can jump right in the story. Let's match what the digital learners need. Um, and I, at last year, you saw one of the beginning ones that was actually dedicated to Sebastian. And we actually did go on a world tour now with, uh, Tommy, 
Tommy's been jumping country to country. He's teaching science, geography, math, everything in one lesson. Um, and you can see how the stories are working and how the kids are reacting. And it's developed so much over time because this product is exactly what our teachers asking for, what our parents asking for. My kids are actually testing each and every one of them out in the classroom. Oh, we don't like that. Can you add that? Can you, can you add uh, this kind of animation? I mean, I'm actually training them how to do genially so that they're ready in school. And I'm like, look, this is the best kind of PowerPoint. You've got to try this. This is much different than what you're used to at school. You know, so it, it's it's wonderful. But what do you like? I know it's wonderful. So what do you like the most uh, about online teaching then? It's not work. <laughs> Doesn't feel like when work? you love what no, when when you love what you do, it's not work. It's like a very old age proverb. You find something that you love and you'll never work a day in your life. And it's true. I literally am seven days a week. I have to get dragged away from my computer because if I'm not actually teaching in a classroom to a person, I am creating because for me, that's my painting. Like I told him, stop bothering me. I'm painting. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm painting. And he's like, you can't paint all the time. I guess you can. <laughs> <laughs> if it's really something you like, you want to watch TV that's boring dramatic reruns seen them all movies all the same plot or do you want to create your own uh, you kind of feel like i sometimes feel like when i'm creating these lessons and things I'm, i get in this zone i'm almost like a zen-like state where i'm finding i just i'm, I'm like I'm, hours pass and i've completely created so many cool things and i'm very proud of them um mm -hmm. so i completely understand that feeling of uh, <laughs> being dragged away from it um and they same can't thing, like, I, I still teach. I still teach students because I'm like, I don't want to give them up. I I love it. It's it's fun. It's My husband said that. He's like, what if we make a million? I said, I don't care if you make a million dollars. I don't care if you're the richest person in the world. I'm not giving up working. This is what I love to do because it's not really working. I love meeting new people. It's like something that just fit like a glove. You meet internationally people all the time. And we have it so much better than in the classroom because in the classroom, you had your clicks. You had those after you had the teacher clicks everywhere. And that was the hardest part for me. It wasn't working in the class with my students because I love meeting the kids every year. It was working with the people and the politics of the school and being controlled on what I can teach, how I can teach it, not allowing my student to master what they were learning because they're learning what they told them to learn, not based on what that's relevant for the kids now and they've been so far behind them yeah that's very very true so then on that note we've got a lot of teachers watching that are uh, in the classroom right now maybe they're thinking about moving the switch to online or maybe they're people coming straight out of uh, college and they're looking at getting into teaching and they don't know whether they want to teach in a classroom online or both so what kind of advice would you give Hybrid. these individuals? Hybrid. Yeah. Keep the keep the job part-time. It pays the bills. It gives you your vacation. It gives you security. It gives you your keep those paid holidays. And, and you know, and then do this as like started as a side gig. I'd never say jump off the boat and go right into the ocean because it's very hard to build your own business. And I do miss what we had in companies. You know, I miss, the, you know, the 
401k or the health insurance or vacation actually paid for Jeez, what's that? I haven't seen that in years now. If we need a vacation, we have to save for it. We have to put all that to the side. You know, you got your taxes, your retirement. So, I mean, balance is good to have both, have that security from that job and have that fun on the side and build until you can actually build something that'll be there for after. Like I'm at the age now where I want to build something. And that's another reason I did stories. I wanted to build something that one day my child will remember. And he can always look back on it. And he said, Hey, this is what my mom did. We've already hit 101 stories. I'm like, okay, it's time to slow down. <laughs> Less than a year. We've got 101 level stories. And I'm like, we're good for a little while. So now we'll specialize in like fixing them to be even better. And still have stories coming out, but just not as fast. Fabulous. And I want to get to the stories here in a little bit, but first I really want to know a little bit about how you started Virtual Learning Educators Rock. I found that there was a need for it. And I honestly, and I'm happy that you say it's Virtual Educators Rock, Virtual Learning Educator Rock. It's an anagram, VLE Rock. I've been called Vlock. I've been called everything. And I'm like, I started that because they needed it. I, like I said, I want to give back. And if you go to virtual VLE rock, it's still full of tons of resources. I mean, it's full of free resources up, whatever you can, so many of them. I also have my curriculum and build. I had to make a new website for it because it outgrew our original website. Our original website was just a little bit of curriculum that we were making that was still getting bigger than the website. And then we have like training, uh, videos, there's the um, resource area, there's an area for brain breaks. So you don't have to go searching on YouTube for them. They're already there for you. You just open them up and go. Um, leading teachers to other places. Because when you when I first went online, there was nothing out there for me. This is like a library of places to go, things to do, because there was no direction for us. And then training came along with it. Like, oh, you know how to do Google? Yeah, I've been doing, so we just started building and the communities are very important too, to get linked into the communities. That's another thing as a virtual ed learning educators, you're gonna suffer is you're gonna not have that community. And that's for Facebook and all these communities come in to touch still. And, and, I, and I know that about you. And a lot of our viewers might know that about you as well, that you are a community builder. Uh, it's kind of what you do. You you have something that you did really recently with the Ukrainian uh, community and teachers and helping out there. Can you tell us a little bit about that as well? Yeah, we're still doing Ukrainian volunteer teachers. It's basically on autopilot on my side. It's not really autopilot. I still do the behind the scenes management, hiring teachers. I'm the only one that sees whoever comes in. They still have to go through like not really a hiring process, but they have to be vetted. So they have that and we have our kids still registering. They each have their own websites, Google websites. Everything is 100% free. We didn't take money from anywhere. We weren't interested in becoming an, um, a dot .org so that we could take money because we didn't want to listen to anybody else. We're going to create it the way we wanted it. And we kept it just with teachers and we've created it. And we have over nine, 750 registered students. Uh, even more 
Uh, and we still have teachers that come in and volunteer. They volunteer a half hour a week, 45 minutes a week. And we do group classes anywhere from four to eight kids. I still think that's amazing. Yeah. So, and that's really, really great of you to put that together to help out. So thank you. Yeah, we, we did create the community around because of all the community. We have a lot of co-creators that came in. Jillian is like really good at Instagram. She started our Instagram. We're all looking at her like this. She's like, you got to do Instagram. We're like, why? We, should... we have 950 teachers already in the group. And of the 950, maybe we have 20 that are active. So it's okay. We don't, we don't need so many volunteers, but I mean, she did a wonderful job with that showed us. Um, and then we have a lot of co-creators. I've reached out to you because you have the tutor resource. You did teachers together. You've all, you gave us some curriculum. I was like getting curriculum from everyone. Oh. I'm like, mine isn't just enough. I got some from Crystal. I got some from Katie. I've got flipped the class. I've got I went to all of them. And then I even had people willing to open classrooms for us, like mm -hmm. booking systems and classrooms. And I was like, now we'll just stick to Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it sounded like it was very successful so I, and uh, i think it's very much needed so it really helped out a lot as well so yeah and it's still uh, being unfortunately it's still we were thinking you know it wasn't going to go on this long but it's still going on and it's the yeah, saddest several part. years now yeah i know so sad but sad but at least you're there for those who uh who need you and uh same with the teachers yeah. that are part of it those are those those that are listening we can see have a big thanks out as well yeah, we call that bringing smiles across the miles. That's it's not about learning like regular English classes. We refused. We just want to make them laugh. We just want to make them you. laugh. Here, yeah, I hear you. So that's what you've done and what you've built. Um, what are you doing uh, right now with online ESL? I'm still teaching, still writing. I'm still training, still creating courses uh, with the VLE Rock. We're doing also, we had not the VLE, the Young Learners Curriculum. We've started professional development courses too. So whatever, I usually, whatever people are asking for, um, mm -hmm. I've got to stop listening because that's taking over my life as well. So <laughs> I try to give myself past. two days off. I'm trying to get two days try. off, but try possible. I'm talking to you in the past, like you and I've been talking on and off for years, for a year now, at least. Um, and every time I talk to you, you tell me about a new cool tool that's out there. Um, you you introduced me to WordWall. It has new ones. It has voice uh -huh. now. It has voice and spring and a li <laughs> magic library. I'm trained in that WordWall. I took their course. Yeah. I, I'm a, I love I'm a WordWall now. It's, it's so cool. Um, you, but I'm you, learning to code my games too. So I had already heard about Gina Leap, uh, but you showed me some of the ins and outs and the tricks on it and got me started figuring out all the ins and outs of it. It was really cool. Um, so, what are the main tools that you are using right now to build stories, to build lessons? Because I know it's not Let's just see. always one, it kind of takes more AI? than one pile together. Okay. I use AI. I use Quillbot. It's my friend. It's been my Quillbot. friend. Um, I take my stories. I level them. I use readability to make sure that they're level in the right, usually in the correct level that they're supposed to be. I use Grammarly to make sure that it's engaging or did I make any grammar mistakes? Even at a Quillbot, you never know. There's another one. Um, I've used, um, <laughs> if I want to be really lazy, I throw the story in chat GPD and say, hey, give me questions and give me vocab. That's, that's what that's for. Um, 
I'm not afraid of AI. People are afraid of it, but I'm not because it's my assistant. It's going to do what I don't want to do. You yeah. still have AI to get, is... you still have to tell it what to do. It's not yeah. to the point where it's an independent thinker. Yes, it's uh, you get what you get out what you put in. If you put in whatever, um, if you put in some like bad input, you're going to get bad results. But if you're detailed, if you I've specific. used some AI for, for a lot of things as well, as, like including stories that I've been working with, uh, not interactive like yours, but reading and stuff like that, that I want students to get to go. It's great. It's a great way to give yourself a, a, a guide, a starting point, and then you can do some modifications as you need. You do the modifications um, and that's what it's there for. It's not there to hurt us. It's actually there. This is another thing, you know, first it was the Zoom, then it was the online classes. Kids are so far ahead of us. I've had students telling me they are using already chat GPD to answer their homework, to make their homework. And I'm like, oh my God, memorize it. But they're learning because it's like a search engine. So whatever they're learning, they're going to have to write it down or read it anyway. So they're still, learning. maybe it's they the don't have it in long-term memory, but and, we haven't. It's the same as the calculators and the graphing calculators were when I was in school. Mm -hmm. Uh Teachers, my teachers hated the fact that we had the graphing calculators, but some teachers embraced them and figured out, okay, so how can we do that? How can you type in the correct formula? Now you're learning the formulas it's, and you're figuring it out how to do it and that and this and the other. It's about embracing and evolving with the technology. And I think we could have, have a whole to. session on that if we wanted to. <laughs> No, because I have friends that are against it. And you have to be moral with it. You don't make it do your work and then say, hey, I exactly. wrote that and I had nothing to do with that. You know, that you. No, no, but no I get it. I, I've been using feedback. I've been using it for feedback for years. Korean companies yeah. used to make us do feedback. I'm like, why would I do feedback? Pop in the name, like, do it. I have like tools for that that writes it. So I'm just like, and then I just add a couple sentences in the end that are about the student but yeah well, but that that i use that as well so well if we were to get back into your stories tell me a little bit uh and tell our you our, our viewers here what is an interactive story-based curriculum like what is this whole very fun it's very other fun. than you i've never really seen too many other it, nothing really like it you know i mean yours is kind of like unique right now because what it's like uh i decided to take it i spent so much time in the library as a child and listening to storytellers so i'm doing something that i know but i'm just putting it inside i've been doing libraries already but not like this kind of library um even when i work, work for big companies we were we were helping like with the materials that's help this but an interactive story you're going to see it it's something that is just like a gamified story and games make them learn and they can interact with the characters and they can hear the words and i ended up putting like post-its the way i learn a language how do i learn it oh i put the name on the on the thing okay and it says it in the thing like if they press it it'll tell them this is a chair this is a table and they hear an, an america i could have used like ai for the, the voice robots, but I think they sound like robots. So I'm using my voice. Um, and so I, so you can like read characters. Oh, I don't, yeah, I'm a bunny. If you on the YouTube channel, I, I and I use avatars for my YouTube channel. I'm like, I'm not getting on there. I love, I love voices. So I like a voice work and I, I'll do a different voice if I need to. It may not be the best, 
and I can try. I could do a deep voice if I had to. Most of it's my regular, but with the kids, I get into the animated voices. Like with me, I just want to make sure that it's slow and it's clear uh, for the kids. But yeah, when it comes to the YouTube channel, I'm a bunny. My husband's like, what did you just do on YouTube? I'm like, I don't care. It's my channel. I'm a bunny. Nobody knows it's me. So the bunny has my name above it. And it says teacher Brenda, but nobody knows it's me. But the kids, they crack up laughing. And that's what I want them to do. I want to make it entertaining for them. Definitely. definitely. And so do you think that your interactive stories uh, mostly work with uh, kinesthetic, uh, Everything. visual, uh, auditory? I mean, I, I'm a trained, I'm a trained teacher. I know exactly how we do that in a classroom. You don't just teach one method. You have to get all of them. Uh, we have multi-sensorial multi learning. I am a Montessori teacher. I do not sit in the classroom. We jump, we move, even if they're online. That's why I incorporated brain breaks to my curriculum because I wanted teachers to know you don't just sit there. You got to get up and move with these kids because these kids are not going to stay in front of a camera for 30, 20, 25 maybe. But if they're little, even 25, they're not. You have to get them going. So yeah, the, the stories they're using, it's basically hand-eye coordination. It's not so much of kinesthetics where we're getting up and jumping, but they do have a lot of hand-eye coordination because there's a lot of tasks that they have to do. We have, uh, we get the audio when they hear the sounds um, and it could be a game, game sound. It could be um, something moving around or it could be a GIF. And GIF is a language. People don't realize that. Pictures are languages. This was the original language before we had oh, alphabets. Yeah, well, you'd have it in Egypt. Hieroglyphics. Other cultures. Yeah. I grew up. Definitely. <laughs> I, I was I, I was raised in Lebanon, so I've seen a lot of hieroglyphics and all this other the first alphabet was there. And I was just like, oh, okay. But I still like pictures. Picture pictographs are really great. I I travel a lot. I go to a lot of uh, temples and different ancient Mayan sites where Incan sites where I'm at now and everywhere on the walls and the stone walls, there's carvings and uh, they tell a story. Whether uh, I mean, they just, they are, that's what they are. They're, they tell a story. So it's so interesting to look at them and try to figure out what the stories are nowadays. Uh, and that kind of leads you back to see that same thinking, the gifts, the picture, the picture languages that we have nowadays, emoji language now that you have. So <laughs> somebody was like, why do they use gifts? And I'm like, why wouldn't I use gifts in my flashcards? Why should I make it like stand only? Because when I say jump, the child doesn't know. But if you have a gift going, do, 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 jump, boom, saves my time teaching. Exactly. Child got it instantaneously when they see the picture and they see it moving. Jump. I, I totally agree. Because in a physical classroom, you can if you're teaching your kid uh, first grade kindergarten, you're teaching jump or whatever, you can jump as a teacher. And you can do that on camera too. It just doesn't look as good. I mean, that's just like this. It looks more like a bounce. Uh, than a jump but if you have a gift to go along with it uh, of an actual person jumping um, it looks it looks amazing and it's a lot more illustrative to the student they can get it and click in their brain better than just a static frozen image of somebody in midair uh, exactly so yeah and that's when we demonstrate i can show you uh especially like in race to space race to space it shows like a cartoon image but when um I did it, when I did the flashcards, I used like, I found like a real earth going around in a circle. And I'm like, oh, wow, they're going to like that because then they can see a hand-drawn image versus an actually moving earth. And let me see which one they like better. 
So, all right, along those lines, then, what would you say are the benefits of an interactive story-based approach uh, with these long, uh, young learners? Well, first of all, they can't be that young. They'd have to be at least an A1 level. Um, I cannot, I could probably do stories for like the other kids, but it just bores me to death. I'm not going to do the dog ran. <laughs> and then to the next page we go. I, right. I mean, I could probably, that would be preschool level, but these are for basically, I'd say probably first graders, kindergartners that have a really good grasp of the language. Uh, they are made with the same standards as the U.S., common core standards, and they are made with the suffer in mind. So these follow a higher level, but not foreign, but mm -hmm. I want to give them real curriculum. I don't want to give them easy curriculum because what's going to happen is later on, they're going to go to learn a higher level if they're visiting a foreign country and they're going to be like, wow, that's so much harder. <laughs> the <laughs> kids are fast. So, you know, they, they do really well. Okay. Well, let's kind of like get I, into a demo where you can show me some of your unique approach because you, you do have a very unique approach. Uh, do you have something that you can share with us today that shows us uh, what you've got? Oh, cool. Okay, two. Uh, I could have shown you some of the other 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 ones, but that's all right. Well, we're going to let me see if I can even get to the right place. I'm going backwards now because as, as the curriculum has changed, I have to go back to speed the rest of them up. Because not all of them had vocabulary. Not all of them were made on Genially. I don't think I'm going to update the Google ones because I like Google ones that I Google slides. But I'll add like vocab. And I'm thinking about adding workbooks to them too. But as it is, these lessons last at least an hour. I have kids that can do one story twice a week for one hour each lesson, 50 minutes, 50 minutes. Um, because I ask a lot of questions. Uh, as you can see here, what we have is so much. There is the vocabulary, then, then there's the remembering the vocabulary, then there's a quiz. Then we're going into a video so they can hear it and listen. Then they're going into the story. The story is just the presentation. Then we have a comprehension game, another fun game, a symmetry project, an origami project. And then we have our downloads and even another game. So this was basically for, so teachers can, they can um, build, um, what are they called? Theme classes. So you could have a class for like group classes and you could have other kids come in and that could get them other students because that's what somebody else has done with my curriculum. I haven't been smart enough to be very successful at it, but she's doing a great job at creating these theme classes and group classes monthly based on one of the stories. How, how would you... Tell somebody, or, or can these be scaled for people who only do 25-minute classes instead of those hour ones? Yeah, you divide it. You divide it. That's all. You just divide it up. That's why there's an interactive, can go right back where you stopped. Oops. So, so what's this like, here? Enter your bunny's name. Mm -hmm. Oh, we've had a lot of ones. We've had a lot of funny names that the kids are coming in with. So enter a bunny name, any name you want. So the kids can use any name they want. Wow. Well, as long as it's not a bad name. <laughs> yes. Does the teacher enter the name or, or do you use a system? Where no, the, the kids do. Themselves? I, I yeah. actually, I, I can give, I actually teach this over. Um, over Zoom? Over Zoom. So, and all my kids use laptops. 
Oh, wow, it does. It lets me do it right here. So I could say my name is David. Okay, now press <laughs> the hand. I press the hand. Excellent. And it's customized right. to David. Yeah, then it says my name in there. So that is really neat that mm -hmm. you're able to incorporate that. Now, uh, is there something special that you had to do to do something like that? Yeah. Are you going to show us coding. something like that later? A little bit of coding? Well, yeah, I don't know if we'll have time for it, but yeah, that's coding. And then these are uh, these are our interactive flashcards where you click them. Munch. Two chew. The children munched on Easter candy. Why did I tape? So you didn't have to tape. So this saves the teachers so much time with not having to use their own voice. And you can listen. And if the, you want to scale it for a child that cannot read at all, you can just go recall to remember. And then have them say that part and then continue. Recall to remember. The dog recalled where it left its bone. And what I usually do is I just let them read the bottom one. They don't have to read the top and the bottom because the top is, you know, the, this is for age seven and nine. So that's giving them the meaning. And then they just have to tell me the bottom. So once they learn the six words, then they're going to go over here and then you get to play a game. Start with the left puzzle. And you just really drag the puzzle together. Yeah. So you just drag and drop. The, this is a magnetic puzzle. You can't let it go. If you let, if you let it go, you don't get your sticker. Oh, I see. Okay. They're going to click each. Yep. They're going to just keep, ah, don't they let click it into, go. They click into each other when you get to the right spot. Go down. So you can really play how some do you, how do fun you, games. How do you talk to uh, teach your students who might not have the best of language uh, so that they don't drop it or let go of it? Well, I just play with them and I help them and it's okay if they don't get the sticker because then like that one should go in here. This one I noticed on this age group, somehow it's not as, look at you. <laughs> you took a puzzle for me. I took a yeah. different puzzle piece. Yeah, but it's all right. Um, like that one's, but once you do the two of them, you're going to, I just want to show you, hold on a second. Let me just, up oh, there it is. Hold on. Yes. I'm going to uh, put this together. Usually there's a clear picture, but for somehow with this one, it didn't just end up that clear. Usually there's an outline. A little pixelated, yeah. Yeah, this one's oh, a little bit is. more pixelated. Okay, and then you can do, and then you ask them what that word is, and they have to recall the word. And oh, that would be perch. Word. Perch. And they can check at the bottom. Now you can do the other one. I'll let you do the other one. It's easier. Much easier. Well, the other, is the other one a magnetic one as well, or just a dragon? Yeah, they're all. They're no, I don't like dragon drop. <laughs> I'm actually somebody that is not a big fan of dragon drop. I like this one because it's it's drag, but it, it drops itself. And this is called I call these the lazy man puzzles. You still have to have a skill set to do it, but that that's the bottom piece on the left. Yeah, these have six that. pieces. I'm the happy. Oh, I know there. There we go. Let's see the happy going on here. Yep. Ah. And then we can go up. Oh, there. Then the kids Not get fun. really fast at it. At the beginning of it's like it's C. And do you see what yeah. it says now? Awesome. You're done, David. That's awesome. <laughs> He's telling me and I'm then, awesome. Enter. Enter. 
and then That's we really go cool. to the next one. And this one, they write the the children. They can type it in there. The children, and oh, I can't. Munched on Easter candy. And these are the same sentences they learned. So it's the same sentences that they just did from before. Ah, the dog recalled when it's left its bone. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I like that I can take control and do it as well. That's awesome. Using Zoom. Oh, I usually just sit there and watching. I just sit and watch. I And when they're wrong, I like this one because this is going to show you where you're wrong. Do one of them wrong. Uh-huh. The tree stump. Okay, now like forget the D in, in chased. Oh, okay. Okay, okay, you could do that click too. The wrong, click the wrong one. Dog. Okay. Now check your work. See? It turned red. It tells you exactly where it is. And okay. some and of the other the quizzes they And then that's right. Oh, so you can't correct your work as well. That's awesome. Yeah, so they're correcting it as well. There they are. I'm not. Um, and then this is their video. They we watch that. That's like a five minute video. If you want, you can give it to them after. Hello, welcome to Young Learn. There is the um, that's the bunny I was telling you. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> and here on the top left, I give them guided questions, and this one is a timer. So this one, along with the guided questions, I'm giving a scavenger hunt. So while the teacher wants to do the scavenger hunt, they have to find pink, white, black, blue. So you go, go find something pink. So then the student Wait. can find it on the screen? It could be on the screen or it could be... I like the moving. That's where it becomes kinesthetic. Go find it in the house. Uh -huh. And each one of those, like if you click, they, they say the characters' names. Yeah. And These are my brothers just... and sisters. Ah. And so if I wanted to say I found something pink, like in the bunny's ears here, student could yeah. say I found something pink. That's awesome. And then okay. We do. That's the I spy game. Scavenger hunt means get up and run. <laughs> My scavenger hunt is like, no, we're not going to sit down. And we race against each other. I, I don't play these games unless I race against them. I want to make it fun for them. And of course, I always lose because I'm a good teacher. Um, <laughs> or I really can't remember. Then we have, um, if you click on the character, I don't know why. Wait, oh, I got to click it. You should hear the name. I don't know why it's not doing it right now. Let me check. Well, sometimes when they're... Oh, and oh, I forgot. It was Easter Sunday in Pioneer Park. Student can read or they can listen to the whole thing and read. Usually seven to nine, I play the whole thing out. And then again, there's your interactive questions um, and then something to do on each one. So basically, that's what the stories are like. So these all fall around the same thing. I don't want to take you guys too much time. Uh, this one's fun. Find, can you find the Easter eggs? 
Let's see. Yes, I can find them. Not the ones in the it baskets, tells them right? in the so store. <laughs> no, no, because it says right there. Where did Brenda find an egg? They read. The kids have to go and read. Um, nope, you don't have to underline it. They, they just go. The kids will remember, and then they have to find where was her egg. Well, I see. I can I can click on a Easter one on the climbing that's, wall. That's, that's right there that's in the story. Kiva. Yeah. Mm. Kiva's, Kiva's in there, and then we have one on the slide. That's Brenda found the one on the slide. I see that. And Nikki, who wasn't paying attention to the ground, even saw an egg on the chair swing. Oh, I didn't even see that one until I read. <laughs> and then I'll tell them which one is your favorite egg, and then they click on the egg, and we can tell me which egg do they like. That's me. And they describe it. And so this is the math. That's where math comes in. Zigzag line, wave line, different colors. Um, then we have uh, the... Well, I, I spy, spy. Count, count, count the colors, count the styles. Okay. And then here, there's another, what's this one? Uh, they just described the bunny at the end. After the animation, it tells them what it is. Oops. And somehow the animations aren't working right now. It could be the bandwidth. Sometimes with the bandwidth, the character... It might be. It's a little, little slow, but I mean, you're in Bulgaria and I'm in the, uh, and I'm in Ecuador. <laughs> yeah, rabbit and money. And then, like, he dropped, and they're like, "Okay, guys, at the beginning, how much do you think is in the egg?" And the kids are all like five dollars. And then you click the egg, and we can see how much money's in the egg. Oh. And then I asked oh, them, "What would you buy with a hundred dollars?" So I had somebody tell me an iPhone. I was like, uh, that's going to really be a very cheap iPhone because $100. A used one with a cracked screen. How about that? <laughs> Basically. And then this is the maze. Then here we have another maze. Uh, then this one is actually a game. It's so simple that you close your eyes and the other one has to tell you which direction. I made it a listening game. Instead of just doing straight out matching the eggs, I ha I close my eyes and one partner tells the other partner where to go. Like if I start here and, okay, I need the other purple egg. I close my eyes and you actually have to tell me how to get to the purple egg. Uh, so I'd say draw down and to the left. Oh, That's... back to the right, back to the right. Because the left for me is the opposite side. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was wondering to see how what would happen. That's yeah. And then there's our quiz, which is like the other one, except for this one is a multiple choice one. Um, so they have three different choices. in here. That's awesome. This is part of yeah. This one's coded in. This okay. it, It's part of it's part of the coding on the quiz, and then it tells them how many they got right. That one doesn't show them where it's right. Uh, then we have like. The moving of the games and they choose their character and they answer their questions they can hear the questions if you click them what was the, dice... the name of the park is the dice block animated random or uh is it just is it just uh, going to be the same ones every time it's different every time that's cool and i it's somehow the second player always loses so never be the second player <laughs> never be the second player Make sure and the symmetry. The yeah, and this is the symmetry, so they listen. Jack Carson! Kids Music Channel!
You can lower it down and they only have till this song is over to finish the picture. So this is, they teach us that interesting timer timing instead of a regular timer. And trust me, they're going B I N G O B. And I'm like, no, it's B U N N Y. So they were like, no, bingo. I did this with a 15 year old. This I, the next level up. I did it with a 15 year old. It was hysterical. Uh, then it's a uh, left or right. All they have to do is bring a paper. So there's your, your, which origami. I am horrible at it. This is my origami. It did not come out right. I'm very bad. So doesn't have to be perfect. Uh, some origamis come out and then we have, um, the word wall one that I told you I liked because they're brand new. This is matching the characters. And I think it has, if I'm not mistaken, I might, no. Yeah. Uh, like a memory game. Yeah, there's the memory. I could, and then that comes with a bonus workbook, the video, which is an MP4, so they can send it to China if they have to. Uh, again, PDF, which can be sent to China of the story. So everybody gets a copy of the story once they um, download them. Then they have the cover photo. So if the teachers are marketing it somewhere, they can use the cover photo as marketing. And that's it. So that's awesome. that one. And then this is the other little guy that we were, I just updated because the other ones. Uh... to space. They love this story. Well, and... Most of the kids I've talked to seem to like things that have to do with space. Yeah. Nice dinner. That was too long. It wasn't supposed to be that long. And then these are like the flashcards. Moon. The moon lights up the sky at night. And it's not supposed to be that long, so I have to go through and make it's sure. Probably a little bit short. of a lag. It might just be some lag. Yeah, I'm like, it's not that long. I cut it. So those are the flashcards. They learn from the flashcards, and basically the same stories. But Does these the are just different. Does the audio play games. automatically, or do you have to click the play button? Click the play button. Right. And then, like, this is their quiz. Yeah, so that's kind of the interactive stories. <laughs> that's very good. I love it. It's very interactive. It's uh, uh, very animated. Uh, uh, very, very much uh, like the action. Like you can see, this is the moon. I like that. It's way <laughs> wiggly. Yeah, the the picture of the moon. Yeah. Yeah, and the kids like them. They they seem to. Oh, I didn't answer the question, did I? Oopsie. Oh. And then, the... yeah, and then that that's the other story. And this is for the younger kids. This one has a little bit of rhyming in it, but. And do you so have the same story easier. for different different levels then, different age groups? 
it's the same. It follows the same story, the same animation, because I don't want to do three animations and I just level the story up or level it down. So that way I can really recycle my animations and I can use them again or just change maybe some of the questions or, um, you know, some of the guided questions to make it for that level. Like some of the words yeah. are going to be different. Yeah. Rocket could become a different word. But yeah, that's it. And I I love this this creator. They they're really good. Like, Brenda, here, Mujica. buy more. <laughs> Mujica, uh, I, buy, I don't I ever know if I pronounce it correctly or not, but yeah, I like that. Creator, I call it Muchka. Muchka. I just call. Muchka. I just know it's. I just know they're always on box. We're having a sale. We're having a sale. I'm like, oh god, not again. So that's very good. Those are those are awesome. Uh, those are awesome stories. That's a uh, really cool use of the different tools uh, that you're that you've been talking about. You showed us. I think there's at least four different tools in each one of those. We saw Word Wall. I know we saw the Gina Lee. Um, plus, you, I mean, I'm sure you use something to edit those photos, some some of those pictures, and make them like you remove the backgrounds on some pictures that you have, or do you, do they come with no backgrounds? No, I buy them. So they're commercial images. So most of them have no backgrounds. I usually use Giphy and I have commercial images in most of the photos, but I am very good at that one too. Um, for the changing of pants or bodies, yeah. I love remove and I just I'm like, okay, we'll move their head and we'll use that part of the head and I'll put that costume on them. And so we can change the position, but yeah, remove BG is another tool that we use. I mean, we could make a huge list of creators' tools. We'd be like, tick, 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 tick. oh, 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 yeah, very much so. Um, so, how did you? Uh, but you were telling me that you have somebody else who implements this really well with their students, like, um, on an ongoing basis. Uh, how did you start with the implementation of the interactive story-based curriculum with your student? Like, how did you first introduce it? Did you tell the parents this is what we're going to try? No, parents usually trust me. This is the one good thing about me with the, as many years as I've been in there. And usually when a parent tells me what they want to do and I'm like, well, you're always free to teach the kid if you like, you know, you think that that book's doing really good with them. Then, you know, what's the aim of the class? That's what I ask them. First of all, what's your aim of the class? Is it to get them talking? We're not school. We don't have to be school. Can we get them to learn and have fun? Yes. They have enough pressure at school all day long. I'm not having them come to my class and feel like they're back in school again. Because then the kids won't want to come to class. True. Because I've got several students, parents that are like that. That they're like, my student, my my my, my kid already learns vocabulary in class. They're like, I want them to be prepared if they go to the to the U.S. or England. And so that 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 was their aim. And so we made lessons go along those routes not necessarily what they're going to learn in school but what they are going to want to use when they're actually yeah because we don't want to repeat what they learn in school it's the same like if you teach math one thing i hated is we learn from math teachers like you go home dad does it this way the teacher does it that way the teacher will come in and say you know what you're wrong because you can get into the same result by different ways so i didn't like helping even with my homework my poor kid he came home it's wrong. Where is it wrong? Find the answer. I was like the mom that you don't want to have for homework. 
I wasn't going to write it for you. I wasn't going to, I'm just going to tell you there's something wrong. I'm not going to tell you where, maybe the page, but I'm not going to say this is wrong because I want them to teach themselves. Because if you can teach them to teach themselves, you know, you can, you can see that. All right. So let's see here then. We've, we've talked about making it age appropriate. We've talked about different tools. Um, and th this is a very unique approach with these uh, interactive stories. Um, do you have any kind of thing that you would sum up for any of our viewers about what we've talked about on this? Yeah, uh, first, to sum up, well. That means you're gonna go back and remember what we said from the beginning. Um, it's their choice. I believe that the teachers have so many beautiful options out there now. We have so many other teacher creators that, that make it so different than places like education.com. Some of the other major ones, I mean, Twinkle is okay. It's it's just not the same. Guided lessons, education.com had guided lessons, but their guided lessons were very fast paced English, like the way I'm speaking to you now. So they were harder for the kids to understand. They had all the animations there, but they just didn't have it slow enough. And I think, you know, what the teachers are creating. Yours, yeah. What? Your speech speed while reading the, the audio part was, was perfect for, for new readers or people or even on uh, ESL students. It was very slow and deliberate and clear, which is good. Yeah, not like I speak normally to regular people. Like if I poor even my older students, I used to feel bad for them because I'm like, but you're speaking English, but we don't understand you. And I'm like, oh yeah, I keep forgetting you're not native. Probably <laughs> full time like I do. Yeah, we see that all the time. We're like we're 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 in, in Spanish speaking countries right now, so we're always saying más lento, slow down, please. And, and they, oh, even, Spanish speakers are very fast. Um, they're known so that for we it. Can, oh, oh yeah. And so I try to do the same thing with my students. Now, with my older students who are more advanced, the parent, mom is even like, I was listening in. You speak really fast with him. I'm like, yeah, he understands a lot. And I want him to under, to be able to hear it in it's real a what he's really going to hear. I want him it's to a hear disservice. what he's going to really hear when they get that older. When because they, they go know. to America. If they go to America, England, any English speaking country, no one's going to slow down for them. And I've known people that have had that happen. They go to school, they learn how to speak, and then they would come into America and not know what happened to them because they're like, it's a whole new language. Because we speak fast, Northeast, especially anyone on the Northeast coast, New York, Boston, we think like computers, we move at the speed of light. So we're like, Whoa! you go to the West coast. They're calm, easy. <laughs> you go to the South, you're not going to understand them at all. <laughs> we don't even understand some of them. <laughs> Too far South. Oh, I agree. Everywhere. And the big country. And not the only English speaking country that they're going to visit either. So they're, they're they, they have, oh, I don't want to do, to... like you said, a disservice. That's for sure. Also, WordWall, that's another thing. When I incorporate, like, I, I was trying to see if that when that activity didn't have it, but I love now the WordWall because we can do British accent, um, male, female. We can do Irish accent. We So this is really good for the kids to hear. Multiple, I wish they had Indian English. 
English accent or an Eastern Europe English accent because we we have to know them to for the kids. This is really great for them. Yeah. So, so that's I think that they uh, I think that's excellent. There's so many different options. And I like that. I'm gonna have to check out those accents on WordWall too. So, yeah, and I have the kids choose them. That's all. You know, that's and cool. the kid the kids they, they're having fun with them. They're like. I want the Irish one now. Or like when I teach at Bridge Academy, I make the kids speak in the British accent and in the English accent. She has the American accent and the British next to each other. So the kids, it's hysterical. are like, come on, do your best impersonation. Go for it. Speak British. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you, um, you know, when people do the, uh, the family tips that you give there <laughs> on there, they want to try that out. Can they follow up with you anywhere? Do you have any groups that they can join to find out? Um, we are, they have free to join. Like I have my group. They can definitely hop in and ask me. I have a couple of groups. Um, I have one for VLE. I, I, I didn't want to start a third for young learners. Actually, young learners was another group that I transformed. But yeah, we have a young learners curriculum. So there, there's a group on Facebook that if you want, we I've got to send you the links. You're, yeah. you're in it. Yeah. So. I'm, I'm, so we'll we'll include those links on the page as well so people can find you and follow you as well. All right. Well, it's been great talking with you, uh, Brenda. Uh, and it's I'm been sure... great talking to you, David. It's been so long. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that uh, uh, our our followers, our viewers here are going to have some questions and stuff like that. So, uh, But other than that, do you have any parting words for us today? It's just... Do what you enjoy and always love what you do and never doubt what you do and don't look left and right because the best way to go is straight ahead. And that's when I started enjoying what I was creating because I didn't want to keep, well, I've never really wanted to imitate anyone, anyone, but every, anyway, but I hate, oh, do like them, do like them. And I'm like, why? <laughs> I want to be out of the box as far to the left as I possibly can get. I love it. I love it. I, I like to say that I have to think outside of the box <laughs> and uh, sometimes throw that box away. Exactly. So, you know, if you think you can do it, you can do it. And you got to have faith in yourself. And there's so much guidance out there. And there's so many of us out there that work with each other that help you. It's not like you're the first person that will do this. So there's plenty of people out there. The community is much, much larger. Well, still kind of small because it's always we find the same people, but it's a still a good community of support out there. Support out there. All right. Well, thank you, Brenda. And um, we will be talking with you again, I'm sure. Okay. Bye. Thank Have you. a great day. Bye. Bye. Hey there, fellow teachers and digital nomads. Thrilled to have you here soaking up the wisdom from our videos featuring your peers. But hey, we're not just here to entertain you. We want to hear from you. Got a burning topic that you want us to cover? Or maybe you've got an awesome story, an intriguing insight you want to share with your peers? Well, don't be shy. Shoot us an email at contact at thetutorresource.com or drop us a message on Facebook. Your voice matters, and we want to amplify it in our awesome community. Thanks again for watching, and remember to like, subscribe, and smash that notification bell to be alerted when new videos are published. Take care.